0: Welcome to uh, From the Locker Room with Coach and Doc. Uh, We have a really great guest today, and I'm going to let Coach Smith introduce uh, our guest. And he has a long relationship with uh, another very, very successful coach. So I'm turning it over to you there, Coach Smith.
1: Well, Doc, hey, great to see you this morning. And, uh, hey, looking forward to having a whole lot of fun. And I am real excited about uh, having Coach Wade Phillips with us today. Coach Wade Phillips has got – I'm not even going to say how many years, but close to 45 years in coaching. Uh, you know, he's been head coach in the National Football League uh, for the Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the Los Angeles Rams, and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so he's got lots of, lots of experience. And, of course, he comes from a great family, son of legendary Bum Phillips, Uh who was a long-time NFL coach as well, and we're just excited to have
2: you on today, Coach. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Good, it's always good to talk to you, Mike, and so uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, Doc, and hey, let's
1: let's start off, Doc, with you and me. We're going to double-team Coach here, of course, always. And Coach is really good about uh, you know handling double teams. So, Coach, when you look back at your uh, your the success that you've had, one of the things that stands out to me is when i always watched your film was how really simple you guys made your, your defense. And it was so uh, fun to watch the guys play fast, aggressive football, you know, and I think, I think that's what people sometimes uh, try to overthink the game. And I think that's one of the things that you've done so well, it's very complicated for the offense that you're going against, but it's, very simple for your players, and can you tell me a little bit about your philosophies uh, in terms of trying to make it for player friendly?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think that's what defense is—is is, is the teaching part, and we all know mistakes get you beat. So, you know, the the, the least mistakes you can make—that's uh, that's that's what you want to do. But you can you can't make it so simple that, I mean, the offenses, are, like you say, are so complicated that. Um, you just got to make sure that, that your guys know what they're doing. And, then, and it's simple. It's know what to do. Well, you know, people say, well, you play faster if you don't have to think. And that's not really true. What's true is you play faster if you know what to do. And, and, and so we try to get them to know what to do. before the, It sounds simple, but you know it's, <laughs> there's a lot of things that, that the offenses can do and a lot of changes and so forth. But we just want to make sure we don't make any mistakes first. and that's uh, and that's the teaching part, and that's what coaching is to me is is the teaching part that um, you know we have the uh, we have the test, you know we have the, I'm talking about the coaches, we have the test, and we give them the answers. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in college and I had all the answers to a test, I, I made hundred that's, <laughs> that's the way I approach. That's the way I approach the, the players. I, I want to make sure that I give them the answers to the test and that they know what to do and they're not going to make a mistake. Yeah, That's simplified. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and, and Coach, you know, watching your guys play, the thing that I think that uh, impressed me the most was you always seem to have a bell cow or two on, on your defense and you developed some, you know, some great, great players uh, through the years. Tell me your philosophy about, uh, you know, individualizing your, you know, your scheme to guys like, you know, to Aaron Donald and the other guys that you that you coach. I think you coach J.J. Juan. I mean, the list is, you can go on and on in terms of the guys that were defensive players of the year. And I know that you, hey, that you tried to always put them in in good positions. Can you talk a bit about that?
2: Yeah, uh, that's, I mean, uh, it sounds simple, but, but, you know, all the players aren't the same, and the really great ones that you have, and like you say, I've been lucky to have, you know, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, <laughs> talk about J.J., Von Miller, I mean, I can go on and on, uh, but uh, but to be able to utilize their talent is the, really the key thing, and, um, you know, even with Reggie White, we started with him, and we were playing a 4-3 with, uh, with Buddy Ryan, we are playing the 4-3 defense, and He's playing defensive tackle. Well, they were double-teaming him all the time, so we moved him to defensive end. And I think he had – I know he had 22 sacks that year, so um, – no, he had 21 sacks. I'm sorry, he had 21 sacks that year that we moved him to defensive end from defensive tackle. And that that just showed me that, you know, if you can put a guy in a position to make plays that is a playmaker, that uh, you need to be able to do that. And so I've always – uh, I've always designed uh, different stuff for the really good players. In other words, Bruce Smith, uh, he didn't play a, he didn't play a four technique uh, or a three technique like Aaron Donald did, you know. Uh, Bruce Smith, we had him stunting a lot and, and going upfield as much as he could because that's what he could do well. So within your scheme, uh, you have to take it, you have to play different techniques for different players. The first team guy, can play a different technique than the second team guy, if that makes sense. I mean, uh, just a just a nose guard, for for instance, a nose guard. Um, we had Greg Craig in when I was with the Denver Broncos, and he was undersized. He made the Pro Bowl. He's undersized uh, nose guard, and to play the A gaps, we stunned him to the A gap. We had, I uh, had Big Ted Washington, who was about three. We said he was 340. I think he was about 400, but. Uh, but he, we played him in the middle of the center and told him you got the A gap on that side, because that's the way he could play it. Uh, had Jamal Williams uh, uh, with uh, at uh, at that time San Diego, and he had so much power in his legs that we offset him in the A gap, and let him power the center and, and take the A gap that way. So it's all do- to me you 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 teach what what the player and I've had guys that weren't very good that I told them to hold on to the center and don't let, the, don't let the, uh, them get to the backers, you know, scoop block to the backers. So uh, so you teach each player as to what his strengths are and try to utilize, utilize that or, or their weaknesses. Take into consideration their weaknesses and, and try to utilize that. Uh, uh, instead of just cookie cutter, everybody has to do this this way. You take this step. You, you do this. Some of them don't do it as well as others. Um, yeah, the the guys I had that could stunt, Elvin Bethea, who's in the Hall of Fame, um, when I first started, could. Uh, he was he led the team in tackles. He played defensive end in a three four, but he could stunt. I mean, he was as quick as anybody, and he could lateral step to. Uh, I mean, amazingly, and so he could get away from the blockers, and if the ball was going away from him, he made the tackle. So that's that's when I learned too that hey you know, utilize what they can do. Now, the guy behind him couldn't do that, and we didn't do that with him. So um, that's a little bit of a different philosophy than most people have, I think. I'm trying to get people to think the other way a little bit. That, and then, you know, if you get a great if you get a great outside rusher, you obviously want them, to, you want them to go up, like Von Miller, you want them to go up the field every snap as quick as they can. I'd rather I You know, a lot of people play certain techniques on certain things, but with him... He could react back even if he if it wasn't in the right position to be able to make plays. But, he, but the thing he could do was rush the passer. And any time it, it was a play action or, or a pass, he, he would have to jump on him. Yeah. Go ahead, Doc. You know, coach, that that was really interesting.
0: You know, I think what you, uh, you know, one of the takeaways from that is, you know, you put everybody in a position to be successful. And I think that's what, you know, every good coach, every good leader does. You know, they focus on what they can do and try to mitigate the things that they can't do, but really kind of catch on the things that they can do and I know that that you know that that's a great you know that's a great takeaway but let me ask you another question kind of going the other way you know as the head coach you had to deal with you know your bosses and I guess you had some interesting you know owners um, <laughs> managers and so, um, let me ask you, how do you, as you go into these new positions, how do you get a grasp for them? And and do you, kind of the same question, do you deal with them all kind of the same way? Do you deal with them different, you know? What about that?
2: Well, it's just like, I think Mike has done the same thing throughout his career. I mean, uh, you know, you're working with people, you know, whether it's players or whether it's uh, owners, whether it's general managers, whoever, you know, you're working with people and you get a feel for that person. And uh, like, like we all say, you know, we treat them all the same, but we treat them different. You know, I mean, uh, certain things that everything's the same, but, but in personal relationships, uh, uh, that's a little bit different. So, we, uh, you know, I've always uh, tried to be myself and, um, you know, be honest with people um so they know that know where you're coming from all the time but um yeah different owners certainly are, are a lot different i know everybody's asked me about jerry jones but you know i had um i had pat Bowen, I had uh, ralph wilson uh, you know uh so uh, uh different owners and and uh they're just people you know uh, and and mike knows too really owners don't they don't know football like obviously football people do or general managers that you're working with so um you know Ralph Wilson uh, you know I had to watch with him because if I said somebody didn't play very good he'd say wait we're playing him we're caught. we're playing that paying that guy too much you know <laughs> so I had to be careful you know that say or or if I said hey this guy wasn't doing good um uh, You know, uh, replace him. You know, and play the guy behind him. I said, Well, the guy behind him isn't as good. That's why he's not playing. So, you know. uh, uh, And Tom Benson, I'll never forget Tom Benson, the uh, uh, owner of the Saints when we when he took over. He came to the practice the first day and he asked my dad. He said, uh, You know, don't we have enough jerseys to put them all in the same color? Because because he had seen the games. He just watched games, and your team had all the same color. And obviously, you know, I mean, in practice, you have to have an offensive and a defensive group with different colors on. But that was his first statement was, you know, so, uh, so sometimes you're dealing with people that don't know a whole lot about the game, and um, you kind of work from there. And then other people um, – I worked with John Butler, who was the – general manager with uh bills was extremely knowledgeable about all the game and players and so forth and so it it was a whole different level talking to him as it was uh different than ralph wilson who was the owner
0: that's that's pretty interesting i guess that's always a challenge for you of course you know i know your dad had to be a big influence on you know you and your career and you know he certainly was uh you know a tremendous coach and really kind of a uh, had a real um, charm and character to him. But is there anybody else out there besides your dad that, you know, in your family that was somebody who was really significant and really helped you form your philosophies and the way you coached and dealt with people?
2: Uh, I think it was obviously mostly with him because, um, you know, I mean, I was around him, <laughs> you know, growing up, and actually he coached me in high school uh he was my high school coach, he was my college coach uh, he coached me a couple of years at the University of Houston when I went to school there and then uh, uh, and then I coached for him for ten years so uh, you know he he had to be a the overwhelming influence, but being around him was being around a lot of coaches. Uh, you know you absorb things so uh, he was around a lot of a lot of coaches that you know they talk football and so I got to sit in the corner and listen and um, you know and they in those days they're on the chalkboard and, you know and everybody was arguing about things and and uh, so I, I got to listen that way, but it was really the exposure from being around my dad uh, not just him but and the great thing about him now was, we, as young coaches, uh, I was coaching with him um, in college at Oklahoma State, and I was a young coach, 22 or whatever, and another friend of mine was coaching, too, and we were arguing about things, you know, you know, how you do this, how you do that, and then he would come in and he'd look at it, and he'd say, hey, he said, uh, I said, Dad, what, what do you think about this? And he said, well, I've done it this way, this way, and this way, and this way is the best because, and then he'd, he'd go through the whole thing. So we didn't have to argue about it anymore. We, we, uh, you know, <laughs> we knew the way to do it, but uh, we didn't have to go through all those arguments. So, uh, but that was the great, great influence he had on me was, was the, uh, was the learning part or somebody that, that he was coaching with or somebody he was talking to that, that uh, you know, it was a clinic all the time, I guess, you know, even as a little kid, you know, going, going in the locker room or the coach's office, um, when he was coaching in high school and I was in the first grade, you know, and uh, it was a coaching clinic all the time. They were, they were talking football and so you absorbed some of it. Even me, even I did.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, Wade. And you, and you've,
1: Hey, you've got a son that's been very, very successful coach as well. So we're, you know, we're looking at Wesley, who's a third generation Phillips that's coaching coached in the NFL Uh what what advice did you give to Wesley when he was wanting to get into coaching? I'm sure your dad passed some on to you. Was it the same message or was it a different message? When-
2: yeah, it was the same message again. That uh, really that if <laughs> and you know this, Mike, if there's something else that you want to do or you might want to do, then you don't need to get into coaching. Coaching has got to be uh, because because of the time it takes and the commitment it takes, uh, you've got to love it. You've got to love what you're doing, and you really don't want to do anything else. And that's what I told him. I said, hey, you know, if you, if you love football so much that, that you don't want to do anything else, you're not thinking about doing anything else, then, then you ought to go into coaching. But if there's anything else that you are interested in or want to do, then then you shouldn't be a coach.
1: Oh gosh, Coach! That's some hey. That's some great wisdom, uh, because of the commitment that you, that we have to make as you know, as coaches or as athletic directors, uh, people and that are- family
2: and family life too. Because you know, and I knew it growing up as a coach's son, and and of course my son knew it too. But you know, you you take away from your family life too, and that's uh, that's a an important thing that you've got to consider. And, uh, uh, so that's an important part of it too. Gotta have a great wife.
1: <laughs> yes. We, we and, and you know, I think anybody in you know that that's in in coaching and education, all those things are are gonna be a you know be a major factor in, in the success that we have. Uh I think there's no there's no doubt about it. Uh, as you know, as you as you look back though, uh Wade, in terms of uh the interaction and all that. You, you've had the, you know, you've had the experience of being a head coach for many, many years, a coordinator, a position coach. If you were talking to a young, a young coach about his first head coaching job, what would be the two things that you would tell him are the most important things about be, uh, becoming a head coach? Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. I've been, I think I've been a head coach of count interim six times, so. Uh... Uh, I'm. I think that's the record. I don't think anybody'll come close to that. But, uh, but I've also been fired six times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you know, like my dad said, there's two kinds of coaches: ones that have been fired, and ones that are going to be fired. So, um, but uh, as far, uh, first of all, I think you got to be yourself. I mean, I think you've got to uh, be the kind of person that you are, whether you're, you know, you're outgoing or you're introverted or whatever you are, you've got to be who you are. And I, and I think the second thing is honesty. You know, I think you just got to be honest about everything. Uh, So everybody knows you're a straight shooter and you're sincere and maybe sincerity too, that you, uh, that, that you have that sincerity that they can count on what you say is what you mean. Yeah. I think in any leadership role coach, I think when,
1: when you come across, that you're not being honest you lose your team and I think that's that's the quickest way to lose your team that's sometimes right. it's not what they want to hear sometimes it's uh something that's going to uh, be a little bit painful but I think honesty in the long run like you said it goes a long long way about keeping you know keeping the team together and keeping the team focused on on the task at hand and that's going out and performing
2: yeah they can count on you and uh you know, I mean, uh, just tell them they're doing a great job all the time, you know, uh, when they're not, you know, and, and, and letting them know that they can do things a little better, a little harder, or, or not doing the things that, that that you're trying to get done as a team uh, is important.
0: Let me, let me ask you a question because I hear this all the time, and I just wanted to get both y'all's thoughts on this. You know, you hear today that coaching, you know, this generation of, athlete is very different from coaching, you know, uh, a bunch of athletes back in the eighties and nineties. What are you, what are y'all's thoughts about that? And, um, did you have to make adjustments dealing with, you know, this current, you know, generation compared to the way you coached back in the, you know, I don't want to go back too far, but um, <laughs> you go back pretty far, I can tell from that gray hair. So um, what are you, What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, yeah, I can, I mean, I'm, I'm 42 years in the NFL, so I go back to leather helmets almost. So (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, you know, obviously a lot of things are different. Uh, Society certainly has changed. Uh, You know, I, I don't know that the fundamental people have changed fundamentally. I think, you know, the, the music's changed, the, you know, the society's changed, the cell phone, we're a cell phone, you know, everybody has to put their cell phone up now to, to have a meeting, you know, those kind of things. But I, I think the, the football player hasn't changed that much in that he, he wants to do well. He, he wants, he wants to do well. Um, he, he wants, before the game It's exactly the same. I mean, when I was coaching in high school, it's the same before the game everybody's excited about playing the game. They're not, and I even and pro football players, they're not worried about their money or anything else. They're excited about playing the football game that they're going to play, and they want to do as well as they can. So that part hasn't changed. Um, some of the other, yeah, some of the peripheral things certainly have changed, but I think they'll want to do well and, 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 you know, be good at what they're doing. Um, and that helps you coach, obviously because you're trying to instruct them or help them uh, be better. So, I don't think that part's changed much. Yeah, you
1: know, and I agree. Uh, it hasn't changed a whole lot in, at the core. When you get in those meeting rooms, uh, it's, you know, everybody wants to do better. And I think one of the things that you maybe has changed a little bit is that players have to continue to realize that we're trying to do everything in our power as coaches to make them better. Uh, and sometimes I think that over the last 10 years in my career, anyways, it kind of changed a little bit uh, in terms of, I don't know that they always uh, felt that. And I think that's probably one of the things that changed, uh, changed a little bit. And I don't know if it's because there's so many more outside influences and in the individuality of it, but I think at the core, it, it, it really hasn't changed. Uh, Doc, I think that's, but, but I think, we have, you know, we have we have issues with cell phones. Like like uh, Wade said, with, with you know, you got issues with cell phones. You you know, these guys will be in the locker room sitting right next to each other, and instead of talking to one another, they're texting to each other. You know, uh, you know. But I have it happen in my home sometimes. My daughter will text me from upstairs, and she, instead of coming down and wanting to talk to me. Uh, so I think it's more of a you know of a societal thing. But I think as a coach. We all have to be able to improvise and adjust because there's so many things that go on. And I think that's the one thing, you know, you have to have a plan, but that plan changes every day and every minute because your team changes or your opponent changes. And I think that's the thing that there's more flexibility in, in the game right now in terms of what you've got to do as a coach. Would you agree with that, Wade?
2: Yes, I do. And uh, that's why we've always, uh, always tried to tell them why, you know, at one point, uh, and that was way back, whatever the coach said, that was it. You know, I mean, that's, that's correct. Everybody knows. it. And then uh, they started questioning, you know, why are we doing this? And, and some coaches took offense to that, but, but uh, maybe I was one of them that wanted to know why, when I was playing, but uh, so we gave them a reason. I mean, you're, It's you're still selling to the players what you're doing and why you're doing it, and I think the why part, uh, you know, why we play this technique this way, why we're why we're telling you to play it this way and somebody else to play it different, and at least in my philosophy, Uh, so uh, letting them know why, and then of course the overall why is because we want to be able to win, but uh, but they they want to know why and and. We we try to tell them, you know, why we're doing it this way or why we're doing it
1: that way. Yeah, and you know, Doc, I think that's a great takeaway from from our conversation today. Is as a you know as a young coach or you know an experienced coach, don't forget the players need to know why you're doing it. And uh, Wade, it's great that you said, hey, at first you were you know you kind of taken aback why they were asking the why, but I think uh, this guys that we work with they really want to know that and uh you know that's changed we, we don't just say hey do this and we will expect you to do it we want we want them to ask the why sometimes it helps us as coaches uh when you have to explain it and maybe you've come out for a better way and then I think the other takeaway that I from from talking with coach Wade is uh you can't have every player play the same technique. I think that part of it uh, is why you've been so successful, is that you've gone and played to the strengths of, the, of your individual players, Coach, and that's why you've had so many uh, great players that have gone on to Pro Bowls, Hall of Famers, uh, because you in- individualize the techniques that they're gonna be able to perform and make sure that they play the best. And in turn, that lets your player know that you have their best interest. And when they know that, they're going to play hard for you, Wade. And that's one thing I've always been impressed with, watching any coach that you've ever coached, any team you've ever coached. They play hard. And, uh, you know, you get them them playing hard. And there's different ways to do that. And what do you think is the way that you – instilled that in your teams is to go out and play hard. How did you do that coach?
2: Yeah. I, I, uh, when I first started in the league, um, uh, I'd been coaching in high school and college and I went to Houston Oilers. And so I was going to coach linebackers and they had a linebacker there named Robert Brazil, who just went in the hall of fame a couple of years ago, two years ago, I think I just saw him yesterday. But anyway, uh, he, he, uh, I watched the film on, on and it was film in those days. I watched the film on, you know, who I was gonna coach, you know. And I watched the film and I'd never seen anybody and I'd coached high school. I thought I knew football and players and so forth. I'd never seen anybody play as hard as Robert Brazil played. I mean, I couldn't believe it. In fact, um I got the job and I watched the film and then I was in Houston. And so I I found out where Robert lived and I went over to Robert's house and I said, Robert, I said, I've never seen anybody. I mean, every play, it seemed like every play, he was either making the play or he was around the ball. I mean, more than anybody I'd ever seen. I mean, quite a bit more than anybody I'd ever seen. He was playing at a different level than I thought anybody could play. And so I went to him and I said, Robert, how do you do that? I mean, I, I've never seen a guy play like that. And you know what he said? He looked me right in the eye. You know what he said? He said, Coach, I practiced that. And then I went, What? Uh, you can practice playing harder. You know, getting your and he went through the what I call a mental barrier. If it looked like somebody was going to make the play, like three guys are going to make the play, he never slowed down. And if all three of them missed the tackle, he made it. You know, he. He went, he was relentless. <laughs> the, the, you know, he was relentless every play, uh, no matter what. And then I thought if I can get other guys to, to have that mentality, you know, they may not be as, as talented as Robert, but they're going to play better. They're going to play harder. And for a while I used Robert as an example. I said, all right, everybody, you guys see how Robert plays. Well, you need to play that way, you know? And so, um, and, and then we started, then we started uh, uh, analyzing what he did and then try to, try to get other players to do it and uh, categorize it in that the first thing he did was he burst towards the ball. When he saw the foot, where the football was, it was a, it was a burst towards the football, no matter what. Uh, and, and guys get defensive linemen to do a pretty good job of that nowadays. But I'm talking about every play, run, run or pass, he would burst toward the football. Now he'd take good angles and all that, all those other things, but then he would run full speed. And when I say full speed, uh, you know, when you watch the tape or film, if a guy is running along and then he speeds up, which we see a lot, he wasn't running full speed. So you can, you can, you can first of all, teach a guy say, hey, you didn't burst on this play, or you weren't running full speed. And then, uh, and then, come to balance break down. when you get there, you know, long stride, short stride, whatever you want to call it. When they get, get there to be able to make the play is important. But, uh, I felt like you could get them to play harder. And everybody says after the game, our, our guys played hard, but I think there's another level. And I've always tried to teach that there's another level that you can get to that you can play harder than you think you can. And I know, For a fact, and and Mike knows too. They all think they're playing as fast as they can. You know, they all think they played hard. But uh, if you can quantify it into, hey, you didn't burst, you didn't, you didn't, uh, uh, you know, you didn't go full speed to the ball, then you're gonna, then you're gonna do a little bit better. So I I utilized that for a long, long time, and and I've always put that as part of it, even after I started having Robert. Work. And then I had examples of it on certain teams that, that uh, I went into uh, the Texans, Houston Texans, and they, of course, when I go in, the, you know, the, the, somebody's been fired and they didn't do well, and so they were what 30th in the league in defense or whatever. And we had a guy, um, uh, we had uh, we had guys on the team that that, uh, and and we got J.J. Watt, which was a great, you know, made us a lot better. Uh, but he played that way. And I said, if everybody's playing like J.J., then we're, then we're going to be able to win. We're going to do better. And so you had a, an example, which is um, – and the other guy there was already there, uh, Brian Cushing, was a linebacker there. And, and it's like, you know, you always say, hey, those guys that play with their hair on fire, they, well, why can't everybody try to play that way? And that's 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 so that's kind of the the philosophy or uh, attitude or whatever i have tried to get with players that that you can you can play uh you can play like a wild man and uh and and we're going to play better and it's going to help all of us it's
0: pretty interesting let me ask you guys a question i've always wondered this you know you know my background is more basketball and football but i always wondered you know in basketball it's relatively easy to develop a uh, connection with you know 12 13 you know players you guys got what 53 or when you when you add in the practice squad and all that thing you're dealing with what 70 or 80 guys how as the head coach do you develop a relationship with each one or can you not what what Kind of is your thought about that many people that you have to coach and deal with?
2: Me first. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, coach. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I tell you one thing. We I started at the bottom, and I'm here right now. Now that's that's a Drake line, obviously. or people that know that. So uh, as soon as I said that, all the players who like Drake and know Drake and future and 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 their music uh that i started at the bottom and i'm here right now or i got a really big team with a really big ring uh uh those those uh, and and what a time to be alive uh, those things are all uh, uh drake and 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 uh their modern music i guess you'd say and they connect right now right now they say well there's old guys you know that you know, how does you know what Drake said? So, uh, uh, but that's the way I try to do it—is kind of fit in their uh, realm a little bit. Uh, not all, that, obviously. <laughs> you know, I still like country music, but but uh, but to uh, associate myself a little bit with what uh, what they believe, what they like, or what they like to do—those uh, kind of things—I think is important. That you that you realize that you know they're. Uh, they're in a different society than you are, you know, uh, and there's different things that they like, but you might like them too. And uh, and when they realize that, they realize you're a you're a regular person, and then therefore you're not uh, because we don't as coaches we, you don't you don't want to be their friend, but you don't want to be you don't want to be a, so above them that that you don't relate. So I think relationships are key.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Doc, and I think the relationship is is the most important thing. Uh, you know, when I when I got to Atlanta, and Wade was was has been in Atlanta, so he he knows the building and all that. And I'll use you know my whole thing as the head coach was I wanted to try to connect with as many people as as I could. You know, X's and O's are overrated i really believe that i think you know when you get at a certain level it's not the x's and o's it's the jimmies and joes that are going to be the ones that are going to go out and uh and and play and you have to have relationships with those guys and i walked around that building you know and tried to make it uh free-flowing you know i made all of our coaches go through the locker room uh you know on the way to the cafeteria they couldn't try to avoid going through I wanted them – you know, I wanted me and guys to interact with guys not in a football setting, Uh, you know, be able to talk. You know, be able to talk. You know, they're playing cards. Shoot, I'd sit down and play cards with them. I might lose a couple bucks, but, you know, I'd play cards and, you know, and move on, play a couple hands. You know, that happens in in, in NFL locker rooms. It happens in college locker rooms. So, I think trying to connect with those guys is – a little bit more difficult with 53 because it takes away from your, you know, some of the other things that you have to do. But again, I think those connections are the things that are going to make your team stronger when you face adversity. And it can't just be the head coach. It's got to be all the other uh, coaches buy, buying into it as well. Uh, you know, I mentioned, I think I mentioned one other time, you know, I've asked my the assistant coaches, to eat with players in the cafeteria. You can get so much information and you can have a great conversation over a meal. We've been doing it for thousands and thousands of years as, as human beings. And so I didn't want a table where the coaches were, were in on one table and the players were in another. It was our you know, dining room. We could go and sit up and pull up a chair and, and, and have a conversation. And I think you've got to, as a coach, you've got to do that. You've got to make a conscious effort to try to connect and with as many guys on your team as possible.
2: I re- I, I, I I really heartily agree with that. I mean, uh, that's what I've always done is is walk through the locker room. I, you know, it seems funny, but after a hard practice, you know, um, and you go through there and 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 you make connections, like you say, and you and you. You know you've been driving them hard but they know you're a human being you know they know you care about them um uh, you know or how you feeling or are you okay today or those those kind of things go a long long ways i think people don't realize that or some coaches don't realize that uh you know uh, that you may uh you may like i say drive them hard or push them hard that day and you know but then go in there and and pat them on the back a little bit and say, Hey, you know, that was a heck of an effort, you know, uh, goes a long, long way with, with, uh, with your team, with your players, with, with your connections. And, and to me, it's just part of being, uh, working with people, you know, and, and you know, you like those people. That's, (laughs) that's another part of it too, because, and they know you like them, you know, uh, you know, because some coaches are you know, way back for sure. Uh, the, all the players thought the coaches hated them. You know, uh, but they thought you know they if they think that you're still helping them, they'll 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 do the right things. But I think if they know you care about them, they they're, they're going to play a little bit more for you. And I think that's important. Gosh, you know, Greg, you, your
1: that philosophy is something that I believe strongly in. And Doc, you know, you and I have had the same conversations, uh, you know, about connecting, about caring. Uh, you know, they got to know that you love them. Uh, you know, there's days that you're not going to like them, but you got they got to know that you love them. I mean, hey, there's days that they're not going to like you, but uh, when when there's that special bond, that's when you know you got your team. And, uh, you know, Coach Wade, I know watch, you know, watching you through the years, uh, it's been, a, you know, it's been a pleasure to, you know, to watch how you coach and your demeanor, you know, your demeanor doesn't change. I know that you're sometimes you're upset, but I know your demeanor doesn't change with your players. And I think that goes a long way, doesn't it? When you're, when you're steady, they're going to be steady in tough times.
2: Yeah, I think especially in ball games, I learned that early. You know, uh, when I was a lot younger, I mean, I wanted to holler at the referees because they didn't call the right call. And uh, and what I found out was it took away from what I was trying to do was was make sure I got the right call, think about the next play, you know, not worry about things I couldn't do anything about, worry about you know the calls that we're going to have, and and talking to the players on the sideline about how, how we can. Uh, improve this, the next series, or what what we're looking for, and all those things. So, uh, so I've tried to, and it's more my personality, certainly laid back personality. But, uh, but I'm I'm not. I I did when I was younger. I, I I would holler at the referees and tell them they didn't know what they were doing, and and then I wasn't ready to for the next play, and and that's not a great example. So, uh, so I think I think just being steady being something they can count on something they can count on that you're going to, and, and people say, well, you're not emotional, but, um, uh, you are inside, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, uh, you know, and you still get excited like everybody or you get, uh, you don't want them to, to get, uh, you get down too. And you don't want, you don't want that to come across either. You don't want that to say, Hey boy, you know, everything we're calling is not working, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, it's got to be a positive, steady attitude. I think, especially on the sideline during the game. Well, Doc, I think it's about time we start
1: winding this up. So, tell me, tell me one of your takeaways from today's uh, from our from our talk.
0: I've had quite a few. I, I think you know this last one that you know, Coach, kind of alluded to. You know, worry about things you can control. Don't worry about the things you can't control. You know, I think that's really a pretty valuable um kernel of wisdom for any coach or any leader you know we can worry about a whole lot of things that we can't influence so worry about the things you can control and try to deal with those and then the second one i think is um you know tell tell people why you know they kind of want to know why i think the days of you're doing it because I said so probably are or, or long gone. I don't think that was ever a very, you know, wise way to deal with things. But, you know, that's the way a lot of people used to deal with it. So those are two, you know, I think, significant takeaways for me. For me, what about you, Coach, well,
1: Yeah, Doc, you know, that why really, you know, goes home – sticks – goes home with me as well. I think that's super important that we know uh, our, our players want to know the why. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And then the second one is, is that be yourself, uh, you know, uh, you know, coach said it numerous times, you know, your personality is your personality. Don't try to change. Be the same, whether you're up by 20 or down by 20. Uh, I think that calming effect that you you know that you have or not, that you don't show your players that you hey you have changed anything, they're gonna hey they're gonna respond to that a lot better, and then of course uh, I want to leave this with one question, Coach. I tell me your best okay bum Phillips story. I gotta hear it. Okay, we gotta hear it.
2: <laughs> well, okay. Well, uh, uh, you know we had Earl Campbell. And uh, and the, our preseason test, instead of running 40s one year, our our strength and conditioning guys decided they were going to have them run the mile to see if they were in shape, okay? So, and our Earl Campbell obviously wasn't a miler, you know. I mean, 34-inch <laughs> thighs. So, I mean, so he made about a half a mile and, and stepped off the track, you know. Well, the media was there just like they are today. The media is there. And they all come running up to my dad, you know, and they say, Bum, Bum, what are you going to do? Earl didn't make the mile. And he said, well, hell, if it's third and a mile, we won't give it to him. (laughs) But we'll give it to him the rest of the time, (laughs) which we did.
1: (laughs) Coach, that's a great one. and uh, It has been so good catching up with you. I know I know you got a lot of things that you're you know that you're doing and helping with coaches you've to, you, you've told me a little bit tell our listeners kind of what you've been what you've been doing
2: Yeah I, I did some uh or a lot of Zoom Zoom things with with uh, coaches uh, mostly high school but a few colleges that I just opened it up and said anybody wants to talk football and talk about playing harder and and uh you know uh uh, simplifying things and so forth. So uh, I did that for about a month and a half, which was almost, you know, eight, at least eight hours a day. <laughs> uh, I went to talk from coaches from, from Maine to California and, uh, and still in touch with some of those people and then some, some colleges too. So uh, it gave me a chance being out of it. You know, you don't like to be out of it certainly. And so uh I got to do that and then uh, I put together a uh, a course on football uh defensive football um uh, it's called it's it's a number it's numbersdefense.com and it uh it's a course I I think they ought to have, have that you know this Mike they don't have anything in college that teaches you to coach football and uh, offense or defense and so uh, we just kind of put together a course that that uh and and it has tests and so forth and you get certified uh but uh that explains all the uh to help young coaches certainly but it explains defense basically and how we teach it and so forth uh so it's it's called numbers defense uh, capital n capital d.com uh, and i did that Put it took me a good while to do that and we put that together. And, um, and, and that's going pretty
1: well too. Well, Coach, I'm going go to go the, the, this evening. Hey, I got to get my football fixed. I'm going <laughs> to get it this evening. But, uh, Doc, it's been a great hey. It's been a great visit again always. And, uh, hey, we look forward to doing it again down the road. Right, Doc?
0: Yes, sir. We sure do. And Coach Phillips, thank you so much. You know, we're excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about what you're doing. And hopefully, you know, there are some, uh, you know, there are some things we can work together to, you know, help your deal. But I think we're both in the same world. We're trying to help the young people be better at what they do. So Mike and I have some ideas. So I'm sure we'll be in touch about some ways to actually help football coaches down the road. Is that right, Coach? That's
2: great. Yeah. Jordan, talking football is fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Wade, I'm gonna reach back out to you, and once we get this out on there, I'll I'll, I'll let you know it's out there. But I'm gonna okay. reach back out to you because, like Doc said, we you know Doc has done some great things with the with the basketball coaches, and mm-hmm. we're, you know we're talking about trying to get some things you know going to help you know to help these young football coaches and give back. And it's and it's great to hear that you're doing that. Please give my best to your family. Tell Wes I said hello. I'll do it. Yeah, you bet. Keep keep on going on now, and we'll talk soon, okay?
2: Okay. All right, Mike. All right. God bless you, Wade. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, everybody.